So, what have I missed? I don't know. Remember when I said that the run sheet for Turn Down for What by DJ Snake featuring Little John as covered by Upon a Burning Body featuring Ice-T for Punk Goes Pop 6 Mm. was going to take me months to write? And I said, you should hold down the fort and continue recording episodes of Punk Goes Pod, the internet's only podcast, the Chronicles Fearless Records Punk Goes series. So what did, what did I miss? How's it been going? Um, it's been fine. Yeah? Um, I've had a lot of good feedback. Oh, wow. Uh, As you can tell, I have not left my room in the two or three months since I started this two project. Two months. Two and a half months. Two and a half months. Thereabouts. Um, yeah, no, I've absolutely just been managing it all by myself. Got, I don't know, like eight or nine episodes out of the way. Oh, so wow. don't have to worry about those. Yep. Um, like, and they weren't acoustic episodes. No, but like, don't even worry about it. Like, I wouldn't even like bother going back and listening to them and they're fine. No, I trust you. Yeah. So what's, um, what's been going on in your life then? Oh, you know, um, I got married, so that was pretty neat. I I remember that. I was there. You were there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I, I think I remember seeing you there. Is that why I've been constantly just around the house going, my wife? <laughs> uh, yeah, I seem to recall that is a thing that you've been doing a lot. Yep. Um, but by all accounts, it was a very lovely day. It was a perfect day. I, I remember that. You were there. You were there. Yeah, I was yeah. there. Um, yeah, my father-in-law, so I think it was your dad, um, he said that it's like one of the best weddings he's ever been to. I believe, not to, uh, not to one-up you, I believe he said it was the best wedding he's been to. Yeah, no, I think you're right. Mm. I, yeah, when I spoke with him, um, yeah, I heard that too. So, he does also have two other children who've had, who who are married, so I feel, uh, yeah. I feel pretty good about that. Yeah, no, I think yeah. I remember, like, yeah, because they're my brother-in-law and my sister-in-law now. They are, so, yeah. Yeah. No, they're pretty nice. That's pretty good, pretty good. Uh, our dickhead Prime Minister Scott Morrison is now our former uh, dickhead Prime Minister yeah. Scott Morrison. Yeah, that's that feels pretty good. That feels amazing. It feels almost as good as getting married, but not quite. Yeah, getting married was probably better. <laughs> um, but I will say... I got to unclench everything when I found out that he didn't have enough votes to continue on. Absolutely everything? Well, you know, I kept some things clenched. Okay. Those things will be unclenched when I die. (laughs) So how about that uh, DJ Snake, huh? Yeah. Before we start, I just want to say genuinely, like a big... Heartfelt thank you to the Sadie Hawkins pod and to the Zeitgeist Labs pod. Um, They Lovely words of congratulations. Yes, we got some lovely congrats messages from them, some lovely shout-outs. And that's pretty much all we got married for, was just to have nice things said about us. I think that we we should get married divorce, move to another city, make a whole bunch of new friends, 
<laughs> and get married again so that we can have the party, but also get the gifts. Yeah, yeah, there's there's a few household items that we could upgrade, I guess. Yeah. Um, but I'll, no. I'll, I want a neutral bullet, so if anyone's <laughs> listening, if my, if my future wedding guest guests are listening. Yeah. I think Sammy my mum has bullet. one that she doesn't use much, so I could just steal it. Yeah, my my mum has one that she does use a lot. Oh. And that's why I'm like, yeah, I should get one. Yeah. But no, genuinely, thank you. Um, yeah, it's pretty sick being married. It, it, it really... So, like, mostly I don't feel like much has changed because we've been together for so long. Yeah. The biggest... Like, the thing that was wild within the first day or so was like, Oh shit, you're my wife now. Yeah. You are now at the you're you're the final evolution of what you can be. <laughs> yep. Um yeah, we've both leveled up. Yep. Um Yeah. It just it's it feels nice and comforting just being like, cool. If you could be a Pokemon, what would it be? Um That's a good question. Probably a ditto. Because you can change it to whatever you want. Yeah. Yeah. What about you? If I was... See, I feel like I'm trying to like lead you into to choosing Snorlax because you sleep a lot. Well, first of all, fuck you. <laughs> um, second of all, if I were a ditto, I could just turn into a Snorlax. That's true. Like, yeah. I could just sort of ditto myself into whatever. And then you get all the other powers, like you could fly and that sort of shit. So. Yeah. 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 Like, it would just help in a lot of situations. Yeah. I don't know. If I want to get into a show, I can just, like, ditto myself into, like, a band member or something and just, like, walk in and then unditto. I mean, it's not that hard as a as an adult to get into shows. Yeah. With a, with a full-time job, it's not that hard. To no, but I mean, like, for free. Uh, yeah. Or, like, to get into, like, all-access areas and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. What about uh, what about DJ Ekans? I mean DJ Snake. How about uh, how about that guy? Born William Sammy Etienne. Oh, there's more. Born William Sammy Etienne Grigassin in 1986 from Paris, France. I probably I probably butchered that DJ Snake. I'm very sorry. For some reason I read that as <laughs> he was born in 1896. I was like, Jesus, he's a bit old. Um Fuck, that would yeah, be... The, the oldest human being alive, and he also just turns out to be a sick DJ for fans. Yeah. Uh, in his youth, he produced graffiti, earning the moniker Snake. 
because he was able to evade the police. I wonder what snake means and what snake is in French. I'm just going to look that up. All right, I'll continue on. Yeah. When he started DJing, people from his town began referring to him as DJ Snake. But somewhat reluctantly, he kept the stage name. So I think he wanted to maybe move on from that, but it stuck around. And It, it feels like it's a name that should should have already been taken, but... Yeah. Yeah. So, Snake in French is Serpent, or Serpent. 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 Le Serpent. 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 Or if you're talking about, like, Snake in, like, a Taylor Swift, Kim Kardashian kind of way, it's Le Traiteur. Dope. Yeah. Do you want to take over talking about Lil John? Oh, so there are four people or four entities that I needed to write about. So facts are minimal in this episode. <laughs> you say that as if they're maximal the rest of the time. <laughs> I'm just, uh, you know, if someone out there is listening and they're like, well, he didn't talk about when DJ Snake was on the Jimmy Kimmel show and the stage musician dacked him. You know, <laughs> which definitely happened. Which definitely happened. <laughs> That's uh, why yeah. we haven't heard much from Le Serpent Le, Le lately. Yeah. See, I love that you can roll your R's, but you serpent. can't do like a Serpent. Le Serpent. Serpent. Yes, we've been watching a lot of Atlanta. Well, we finished Atlanta. Yeah. Whenever they do it, I repeat the. Bruh, bruh, bruh. I used to be able to roll my R's, and now I can't, and I don't know what happened. Because I remember, like, it took me a while to figure out the, like, equivalent, like, R kind of phonic in Japanese. Yeah. Like, um, or like, Raichu, like, Raichu or whatever. Yeah. But, like, I feel like learning that made me unlearn how to roll it or something. Okay. I don't know. So, um, yeah, it's never seen, it's never come across as hard to me. Like, but I get, yeah. I don't know. I tried like learning how to re-roll my R's using a YouTube video, and it didn't work. So I think I'll work on it at some point. The way I sort of envision it, and if you make me think about it, you're probably going to make me lose it, and I don't want to lose rolling my R's. Um, but the way I sort of think about it is, I'm trying to make my tongue vibrate. Yeah. Good, I haven't lost it. Yeah. You didn't give me the yips. The what? The yips. <laughs> the yips. I believe it's a baseball term. It's either for like pitches or hitters or or whatever. It's basically like you might fuck up once and then that just like mentally puts you in a state of fucking up constantly. See, I feel like when I was a kid, if someone yipped, it meant that they vomited. Oh, yeah. Yeah, or yacked. I don't know. Anyway. Just lots of words for spewing. <laughs> um, where were we? Little John. Yes. So, Little John was born Jonathan H. Smith. What does the H stand for? Oh, should have known you'd ask me that, and I don't know. You keep going and I'll look that Thank up. Thank you. Um, in 1971, and he hails from Atlanta, Georgia. So, yeah, Little John is 50, if not 50... One by now. That feels wild to me. To me, that doesn't... I don't know why that reads as more logical to me than, like, the fact that 
Mark Hoppus is in his 50s. And, yeah. like, a lot of my favourite band members from when I was a kid are in their very late 40s, if not early 50s. I, I don't think it really tells you. It just says Jonathan H. Smith, better known by his stage name, Lil John. Okay, that's uh, fair enough. It's sort of like Jesus H. Christ. I guess. Yeah. Uh, hang on, I'll look at his early life. Uh, no. That's okay. Um... I think the thing is, though, like, and look, I, because I wasn't growing up in the Atlanta rap scene in the 90s. I mean, you weren't growing up in Atlanta. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty far away from it, actually. Um, Rye is definitely the Atlanta of um, Melbourne, as they say. Rye's probably like the Malibu of Melbourne. Or yeah. Like one of those beach towns in California. Yeah, that's uh, true. I, I mean, I was definitely more i was definitely aware of blink 182 in the 90s whereas lil john feels like specifically an early 2000s entity like a 2003 entity like it feels like he just was suddenly there true was suddenly popular that's why it's like i've at least had it like close to 10 years of being aware of blink and being a fan of blink before i knew who lil john was yeah yeah that's a fair point um, it's also just occurred to me how strange we must sound from outside of our apartment. Like, be, like podcast conversation, it's very stilted when it's taken outside of the context of a podcast. Are you talking about what our neighbours must think? Yeah, yeah. just because there's some kids screaming in the hallway, but um, <laughs> I don't know. It's like, there would be that person that's not even in like a perverse way, it's just like, oh, I'd rather just listen to them having sex, I don't want to hear their <laughs> I don't want to hear them doing it, recording their shitty podcast out in their living room again. Uh, I don't care. Well, yeah, that's that's on them. And <laughs> if they want to listen to us have sex, they can sign Subscribe up to, to our my OnlyFans. I was going to say Patreon, but that's fine. <laughs> I don't know. We Which should, we still haven't launched yet. We should just get some fans to move yeah. or, like surround us. No, that's that sounds like the start of a cult. That's very upsetting. I don't like that at all. Um, I don't mean like live with us, but like no, but still, yeah. just in, I mean like different strokes for different folks, but not for me. Yeah. Um. So Lil John is the oldest of five kids, and his father was an aerospace engineer with a military background, while his mother held a medical career within the military. Also, uh, John was a member of his high school's marching band. That is sick. Yeah. Um, he and his friends got involved in their town's local skateboarding scene and would go see their favourite bands like Agent Orange and the Red Hot Chili Peppers. So he had a, like, he had a bit of an interest, like, I'm not going to say Chili Peppers are punk, but I think in their early, early days they kind of were, but like Agent Orange. That's sick. He's a punk band. Like, yeah, he's a real head. So, so <laughs> Lil John was a punker at one point. Yeah. Uh, he taught himself to DJ, and although his parents didn't initially approve, they would let him host parties at their house, um, where he would practice his sets. So, much like Australian parents giving their kids alcohol, yeah. um, their reasoning was they would prefer that he do it in their own home and not on the street. I, so, I mean, I never, that never happened. No, me, me. neither. Um. But you definitely heard about those kids of just like, oh, I'd rather they drank in the house. I, I'm trying to remember if my brother ever did or if he was legally buying alcohol and just bringing it into the house when he 
when he was 18. Mm. I just, but I, I think he might not have because some of his choices when he was a teenager. Yeah. Like, I'm going to be honest. Beer sucks when you first start drinking it. Yeah, beer it's is bad. Shit when you first start yeah. drinking it. So, like, he bought what was then at the time really fancy beer, which was Crown Lager, <laughs> which is just, when you realize it's just like, it's Carlton, it's, it's owned by CUB who do oh, Carlton yeah. Draft. So it's like the sort of slightly upscale version of Carlton Draft. Or he brought in a bottle of Midori. Oh. And so I think the reason why he maybe didn't was because dad was kind of ruthless when it came to like making fun of him for his alcohol choices. It's like, <laughs> you've done something illegal and now I'm going to punk you on that. Yeah. <laughs> That's the best way to... um. What's the word? Discourage your kids from drinking as teenagers is just to mock the shit out of whatever they choose to drink. Yeah. It's like, really? You're actually drinking a PBR? Yeah. You loser? <laughs> I don't know. It was just funny, like a bottle of Midori. <laughs> Truly just the most ungodly shade of green and just upsetting. Yeah, that's... Uh, nah. That is nuclear green. Anyway... Um, so Lil John got his professional footing in the local Atlanta scene, um, and has since helped fund two schools in Ghana, West Africa, and also works in partnership with Pencils of Promise, a charity organization. What do they do? <laughs> I, I, I did look into them. They Is it stationary supplies or something? Well, basically like schools and stuff. That's cool. Uh, that go over to, yeah, like Africa. Yeah. Yeah. That's neat. Third world countries. Yeah. I am, I'm all for it. Yeah. yeah. Good for him. So, turn down for what? Do we want to just go over some vague facts about it? Yeah. It's a weird one because, like, it's such a brief song, just yeah. in terms of, like, concept. It did have real critical acclaim at the time. Uh, I thought you were tilting your head at me no, like, I'm, no, did not. I've but got like, a real firm neck at the moment. I'm just trying to loosen it up. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think, like, it's funny that such a simple song, at least lyrically, is somewhat involved just in terms of how it performed and all that. But, um, yeah, I guess the, I don't know. Like, I'll let you do the fact, because I don't know if it's worth talking about music video first or the song itself first. Yeah, I don't or... know why I've done it in that order. That's fine. Uh, which is a bit weird, but I will start off with facts about the song. So in 2014, the song had been renamed to Turn Down For What and was used... Turned Out For What. Turn Out For What. And was used by Rock the Vote in an effort to encourage young people to vote. Yeah. That's, uh... It's either, like, it's one of those things, like, it's either, like, oh, that's cool that they're doing it, or it's, like, incredibly, okay, fellow kids. Yeah, How are you inc doing, fellow incredibly kids? cringe. Like, I really... I don't know. Because I remember when Rock the Vote was a thing when we were teens. Yeah. And, like, the kinds of bands that were involved in that. I was like, yep, cool. And then, like, there were those campaigns, like, no hate and all that sort of stuff. It's... I don't know. I guess because voting absolutely isn't compulsory over there like it is here. Yeah. Because, like, either way here, it's just, like, if you show up to vote and you don't want to, you can just, like, fuck it off and... 
like sucks to be you but um yeah i guess it's because i was going to say like if you're already on board with a purpose or like on board with something like voting why would you need to persuade people to do it but then i remembered like oh because it's not a compulsory thing to do yeah um yeah because if you don't vote over here you get fined yeah yeah so there's literally like incentive to do it um i don't know and you don't see yeah you don't see like you don't see political people try to sort of like block certain groups from voting. Is all I will say about that, like you do in, in America. Yeah. Um, I remember once in primary school, we had someone, I think they might have been from the AEC, the Australian Electoral Commission, yeah. come talk to us. And so we were maybe like nine or ten and it was really boring because it was it was talking about voting and so like yeah. the necessary and like you know why we do it and this that and the other thing and it got to the point where it's like does anyone have any questions and one kid put up his hand and it wasn't a question he was just like so my my mum's boyfriend oh, when he no. goes in to vote he takes some white out with him and he wipes out all the all the candidates and he, and he writes in Jesus and God and oh Abraham. Oh my and, God. And the guy was just sort of like, uh-huh. What's, <laughs> his, what's his name? Oh my God. Did they give him the name? Yeah, I'm pretty sure he did. Cause we were like <laughs> eight or nine. You, we didn't know that there could have been anything like electoral fraud or anything like that. But it's not fraud. fraud. It's just that you fucked your vote, isn't it? I would assume Because, so. like, if you draw a dick and balls on your voting slip, then they just discount it. But the idea is that it's anonymous, and that's not anonymous. If if your fucking girlfriend's idiot son is like... Well, yeah, he's not, that's I guess true. he's not the idiot. The guy who's writing <laughs> Jesus as the candidate is... I'd like to think that, like, it's not religious. It's just he, his best friend is called Jesus. He's like, I reckon you should run. <laughs> like when, Like when... When your friends say to you, you got a good voice, you do have good banter, you should start a podcast. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So I, was just, I was thinking about that yesterday, like, yeah, that was funny. Oh, he <laughs> wipes it out and writes, Jesus and God. Oh my gosh. Just like... Uh-huh. Uh, uh, <laughs> I don't know. Like, yeah, I guess before I say, like, I just find it kind of funny that that's like the one fact that we have about this song aside from its chart performance but that's i totally get it um but like yeah it just it seems weird having to be persuaded to at least just show up and vote and like i mean like gerrymandering and like all the awful like exclusionary shit aside like it just feels like such a given for us because it is but because like yeah Something like turn out for what is so incredibly cringe. But I think that's because it's just weird having to, like... Because voting isn't even, like, a moral thing. It's just, like, mm. if you want any sort of say in what's going on, yeah. regardless of what you think about the system, then, like, that's probably the most straightforward way to do it. I don't know. I mean, it's about as cringe as turn it for what. Yes, which... <laughs> yeah, we're not going to do other covers this week, but I did show Sam Michelle Obama's incredibly cringe vine or whatever of turn it for what. You know what though? Like it's 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 Michelle Obama. It's it's charming in its dorkiness. Yeah, it's it's pretty charming. Yeah. I don't know. 
Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, the song reached number 13 on the ARIA charts, number mm-hmm. 8 in Canada, 19 in France, 10 in New Zealand, 4 on the US Billboard Hot 100. It went two times platinum over here in Australia and six times platinum in both Canada and the US. I'm sick. The music video, which might be the most interesting thing about this song. It definitely helped its case, I reckon. Yeah. The music video was directed by the filmmaking duo Daniels. Daniel Kwan and Daniel Scheinert. The two would go on to direct the film Swiss Army Man. And and then recently... Everything, everywhere, all at once. Yes, which is a fantastic movie. Very, very good. I didn't, I didn't really gel with uh, Swiss Army Man, but no, everything, everywhere, all at once is. If you, if you have a chance, go see it because it's absolutely terrific. Yes. Uh, the clip stars co-director Daniel <laughs> Kwan and Glow and Mr. Robot actress Sunita. Sunita. I was reading it really far away, and I couldn't tell if that was a T or an L. Sunita Mani. Daniels' idea with the clip was to explore male sexuality in a really weird way. Which I think they accomplished. I, it, it, it definitely is like a a really weird, really aggressive kind of way. There's something like... I was trying to pinpoint it in my head before when we were watching the video again, before we started recording. Yeah. There's something about it, though, that like... It's definitely sending up male sexuality. Like, because it's this song, like, you can sort of see it as either very, like, face value in terms of, like, being a party song, or you can see it as, like, a bit of a um, sort of the equivalent of, like, a rock show or something like that, where it's that very sort of, like, oh, fuck this, I'm just going to, like, come up with a really stupid song. We and... need to have a song that's going to be on the radio. Yeah. And, yeah. The, 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 the producers are saying that we need to have a radio-friendly song and this is, this is it. Yeah. And so I think, like, if you do take this at face value as being a legit party song that's completely earnest, I do think, like, the silliness of the video does offset that. Like, yeah. to me, the male sexuality isn't aggressive so much as it's just really fucking goofy yeah and like everything to do with like it being overtly sexual is silly like even just little things like um house the nita like she sort of is ready to like sit on daniel kwan's face and there's like the like the cocking a gun sort of of (laughs) like it's just it's very clever in terms of just yeah, sending up that kind of just testosterone fueled like horniness, but it also just it isn't limited to one gender or like subset yeah. of people either. Yeah, now that I'm thinking about it, like it does sort of subvert different kinds of tropes. Like when they crash land into the family's house or yeah. apartment in the next level, and he's he's bent over grinding his ass up against her. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> In like in usually it would be like the woman grinding her ass up against well, uh, you know yeah. Um, but like yeah, and she's just sort of yeah, like like rubbing him and that sort of stuff. And it's there's yeah, there's something very funny about it because it's like very frantic and very yeah urgent, but it's just so silly. Like, and it's it isn't even like there's sort of an element of surprise as opposed to like 
glee with it. Like, it's just this very silly spectacle all round, which to me also kind of sends up the trope of these kinds of songs having overtly sexual music videos. Yeah. And I'd love to know how how closely the brief was written to align with the song in that sense. Or was it just, here's the song, do what you want kind of thing? Because it's very clever because it's sort of poking fun at the whole package of like, turn down for what, plus a video for the song, but it's not punching down either because it's still like a very funny, well done clip. I also should have mentioned, because I wrote this before we went to see Everything Everywhere All At Once. Sunita Marnie is also in yeah. Everything Everywhere All At Once. Yeah. And it's, I don't know, it just it seems to be something that the Daniels are very good at. Because, like, you have the, like, lesbian relationship in Everything Everywhere. Yeah. And it's not used to be salacious or, like, ooh. Well, it's, like, literally like, two middle-aged women with hot dog hands. Yeah. But, and there's something, like, it's so goofy, like, when you see them sort of making out with one another and, like, sticking hot dogs in it, like, but it's also very affectionate. Like, they do this very clever thing of, like, sending up the idea of sex and sexuality on screen. Yeah. But it's still, it's, um, what's the word? It's still genuine in a way. Like, they still understand that, like, there are real feelings and emotions that, drive this kind of behavior no matter how goofy or like it's yeah it's just very deftly handled i like it i i definitely think that they probably i mean maybe but i'm trying to think of like songs from 2000 because what was it 2013 this came out mm. didn't actually write down when it came out for some reason that's fine i believe it was 2013 i think it was or like maybe 2012 um if it was being renamed to turn out for what in 2014, that suggests 2013 probably to maintain. Yeah, 2013. Yeah. Um, I feel like at the time, this song couldn't have couldn't have been... Or, like, they couldn't have done this clip to any other song as Yeah, well. yeah. Like, it really does just have that... That... Like, it's so of the time. Like, it was a blink and you miss it kind of moment. Yeah. It was, was, I mean, I remember when it was popular and, and I'm sure that at the clubs it played nonstop. Mm. I can't attest to that because I'm not a club (laughs) person. Uh, Yeah. My clubbing days were already over by then. So, um, like it's just, it, I don't know. Like, I think I, and like, kind of like what it was when it came out. I will, I've paid attention to it in the, you know, lead up to this episode, and it will be gone. Again yeah. As of next week, like it's, it's fine. Uh, we did listen to. There was a version. I can't remember who the rapper was, and there was like they put some verses. Yeah. On it, which, um. Hang on. I kind of found to be interesting. Yeah, because there are a couple of remixes that were done um bear with me but it just sort of it it makes me think so like i think we always kind of thought that little john like i'm talking about we as in like the people i went to school with when little john was popular we sort of thought that little john was a rapper but i think he's like learning about this like 
he's more of a DJ. And yeah. like DJs have their DJs have their their catchphrases. So yeah, he had the the yeah what okay yeah. catchphrases. Um and and it's kind of funny when you go when you're DJ Snake and you're like, who will I get to guest vocal? Well, I'll get I'll get another DJ to guest vocal on this little John. Yeah. And so it is just very like it 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 almost is kind of very empty in parts. Mm. Yeah. So yeah, just to confirm. So the official remix features Juicy J, Two Chains, and French Montana. Uh, there was then a second remix, the Dancehall remix, which features Chi Ching Ching, Assassin, and Conscience, and a third release, which was the Lil John remix, which features Pitbull and Ludacris. Ooh. So I know which one I'd prefer to listen to. Well, I guess which two of the three? The one with Luda, Luda, Luda. Um, and then, yeah, an electronic music YouTube channel, Trap City, did, like, a remix as well, which is the most popular, the Onda Koffer remix. So it would just be Ludacris trying to rap and people just counting in English and Spanish. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I don't know if that actually is a gimmick of his, but it's just... It is, like, it, yeah, it's very much just the, yeah... Like Mr. Worldwide and yeah. the numbers. <laughs> I don't know. It's don't know. very silly. It's, yeah, like I don't know what the sort of musical equivalent is today. Um, I, like it was one of those ones like it came on and I kind of smiled and it's like, oh yeah, I remember 2013. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Pardon my... That's so annoying. I deliberately have turned off message notifications, but anyway. Turned off for what? Um, so just looking at the Wikipedia where I just got those quick facts about the remixes. <laughs> um, so in November 2017, Turned Down for What? question mark was the title of a research paper in the American Journal of Transplantation written by Mary Grace Bowring, Dori Segev and colleagues about the decision to turn down offers of certain deceased donor kidneys for transplantation. Hmm. I love when academics do that kind of shit. It's just like, you're trying, I like it. When academics meets fucking uh, dance hits from the, well, pop hits from the early 2010s. Yeah, or like EDM kind of shit. Yeah. So what do you think of this song? Like... I mean, it's definitely fun. Yeah. Um, and like the, the, like, I think that's, you know, I'm, I know I'm butchering it. That's fine. <laughs> I, I mean, it's catchy enough. Yeah. Um, and like this was, I look again, I could be wildly wrong, but I feel like this was basically, I mean, this came out in the right time. Because I don't know if, like, EDM and all that sort of stuff is is as popular as it was in the early 2010s. Mm. Um, like, yeah, because I, I've... Look, the only sort of electronic stuff I listen to is, like, Synthwave and Darkwave. Yeah. And, like, sometimes a death metal band will do an ambient release or something like that. Yeah. Um, so I don't know much about this style of music. So, like... It definitely has, like, those heavy bass drops, but it's not... 
it doesn't have the obnoxious nature of something like a dubstep, which yeah. I guess like that that was already dead by twenty thirteen. Yeah, true. Um, I don't know. I could see at another time I might have danced to this in the club if I was like <laughs> twelve years younger. Yeah. Well, that would have. That would have meant that I would would have been like eleven at the time, so maybe not. Uh, what do you think about this song? Yeah, I um, hang on, wait. When were you saying you would be eleven? Well, so if I because I said oh, if I was twelve years younger, oh. so I was born in eighty nine, so two thousand and one, so it would have been twelve when this song came out then. Yeah, that's upsetting. Yeah, instead of being um twenty four. Sure. <laughs> I remember at the time thinking this song was so stupid. Yeah. But as a 31-year-old, I just find it kind of... I do have a kind of affection for it because I just sort of take it as that silly kind of like... Because literally all it is is fire up that loud, another round of shots, yeah. turn down for what? That's it. Yeah. And I just... I love that. <laughs> Just such a basic, and like obviously the composition and that, like the actual instrumentation, whatever the fuck you want to call it, like it's more complex than I'm making it sound. Yeah. But I just love that it's so basic, but it goes so hard. Yeah. <laughs> and then, like, just reading on their Wikipedia about um, the release, and like DJ Snake is quoted saying, when I hit up the big homie John and asked him if he wanted to be on the track, this song is a pretty balling song. He heard the beat and was instantly down with the vision. What he sent me back, though, absolutely blew my mind. <laughs> I knew John was one of the best, but he absolutely killed it on this joint. It's just like, really? <laughs> like, literally three lines. Yeah, but I will I will counter that. Again, what was he known for? What was little John known That's for? That's true. He was known for, yeah, what? what yeah. And okay. Yeah. So like, he literally has a sentence in this. That's song. true. He. Yeah. I know that. Like, I know that he he definitely said more in other songs. Um, like I'm pretty sure. Like, let me see you get low. Oh yeah, get low. Absolutely. Like to the yeah. window, to the wall. Like, oh, yeah. Well, that wasn't him saying that. No, though. but like. Yeah, yeah. But, like he had bits where he would like come in, but yeah. like, I don't shots. I don't think. I think if you combined his total. His total lyrical content, it might make a song. True. A song. Um, I don't know, like, listening to it, I was like, yeah, I kind of, I kind of miss Lil John's, like, really sort of, like, gravelly, just, bark. Yeah. That he, that he would, that he has in his delivery. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Like, I do feel somewhat affectionate towards it, just because it's, Silly. Like, it's just shorthand for, like, fuck yeah, let's party. Yeah. I kind of wish there... Because I'm remembering in... I imagine that was 2013, the day that you came home, and I don't know if it was the first day you'd heard all about that bass. And you just... You were... But, like, your response to it was so angry. You were so angry when you came home about that song. Yeah. And I can't remember if that was when we were living together or if or if I was living with friends and you you were over like a lot. 
Yeah. Which I, I should say you were also friends with those friends. Yes. It wasn't like you were just... I wasn't being that annoying housemate. Yeah. Yeah. We've experienced that, well, that annoying housemate, housemate yes. a few times. Yes. Um, I would have... It would have been... I don't know. I, I would have been funny to get a response to this on your way home from work. No. <laughs> That's all I'm getting at. That was either 2013 or 14. So, yeah. So. That fucking song. Anyway. Um, no, I like it. I like the song. I like the video. I like how simplistic it is and how just silly. I like how simplistic the song is, but then how chaotic the video is. Yeah. Like, even if, even if you do nothing else, watch the video. Yeah. Absolutely. I'd be curious to, like, overlay different music to it and see what sort of reaction you'd get. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's definitely... So I think that was their first project together. Yeah. Uh, the first Daniels project. So. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's fantastic. Yeah. But anyway. Which brings us to the cover. On a burning body. Um, sure. So you haven't found out much about them. But that's no, you did though. I did. So, actual facts about the band and the people in it are hard to come by unless you like knew about them back in the day. I suspect. Yeah. Um. So what we do know is that they formed in 2005 and they hail from San Antonio, Texas. Um, they are slash were signed to Sumerian Records. Um, the current lineup is vocalist Danny Leal, guitarist Ruben Alvarez, bassist Thomas Alvarez, and drummer Tito Felix. Um, yeah, that's You'd that's be- probably the best we can. Oh, so they're currently signed to Seek and Strike, but they were formerly signed to Sumerian. Um, for me, the most interesting thing that I found out about them was that the lead singer, Danny Leal, did like a boy in a well type situation yeah. thing. Or I should say boy who cried wolf, but I'm just thinking of, where's ending our love down the well? Oh, down the well. Um, I always just loved how Krusty's screaming oh, out. way down. So... Basically, back in 2014, the band were getting ready to release their latest album, which was titled... What was it? God, it was something really 
dark. Oh yeah. Um, actually, no. The world is my enemy now. So not. Which overly. is that's that is that is basically every metalcore. Absolutely. Album title yeah. Ever. Um. So and that's right. It was in the lead up to a single entitled "Red Razor Wrists." Beautiful alliteration there. Well done, boys. Um. Essentially. They pulled a stunt where Danny pretended that he was, like, encountering, like, a strange car outside his house and, like, tweeting, like, oh, that car's there again. And, like, oh, I was at home today. I could have sworn I heard footsteps. I wonder what happened. And then, like, the band did a post of, like, oh, no, he's gone missing. Like, he might have been abducted. And then, like, apparently, like, the cops were contacted and they were, like, well, we haven't had any missing persons type like reports filed maybe in like a smaller county or something but then essentially um ash avildsen the ceo of sumerian records came out later and labeled the whole thing a publicity stunt and basically just cracked the shits at them um, so there's this could be why they're not on sumerian anymore. yes that's i reckon that's probably why they um aren't assigned to them anymore. So they tried to promote their new album with a really shitty ARG. Yeah. Um, if anyone doesn't know, an ARG is an alternate... It's called an alternate reality game. And basically, it's not like a video game. It's something like you might find a clue to something in a YouTube video and that leads you down a rabbit hole. Mm. There's... One of, one of the better ones I've seen, it's called The Sun Vanished, and it's all just done through Twitter. Oh. And it's just basically... The sun goes out. That's cool. It's terrifying. Yeah. But it's, yeah, pretty good. Far out. Um, but yeah, obviously, like, the stunt's a little bit on the nose for people who actually have had people go missing or yeah. get kidnapped, abducted, whatever. Um, so, yeah, essentially, Ash from Sumerian made a Facebook post, and I'll read it just because it's kind of funny. Um, I woke up to a ton of missed calls and just saw all this stuff about Danny Leal of... Upon a burning body. Yep. UABB posing as that he's been abducted or kidnapped. My phone hasn't stopped ringing since. As a child, we all learned the story of the boy who cried wolf and it sticks within our consciousness for a reason. I do not condone this type of publicity stunt. This was done behind my back and I'm not okay with it. In my eyes, there's never a time to use the possibility of real life abduction, injury or murder of someone you care about to promote anything especially an album. If you need to resort to that, then you have lost the plot. We as a society should have evolved past that way of thinking by now, and especially within the rock-slash-metal community, given all the tragedy that has happened in our world over the past few years. There are some people who owe us an apology. Um, And so, yeah. And then I think around about the same time, there had been some news story where there was an altercation between... Um, Danny and the former front woman of Guar, Volvatron. Yes, she was, she, not like, she wasn't the main front person, but she was like, she was involved. Yeah. Yeah. Um, basically there was this whole like, did they, didn't they, in terms of like, they got into like an altercation and everyone's account of the story is a bit different. Like Volvatron claims that she beat the shit out of him. Danny claims that he had words with her and, yeah. um, yeah, it's just like, 
I just, I'm kind of getting a picture of the kind of person that Danny is from this. I could just see them being like, coming up with this idea and just someone saying, like, what's the worst that could happen? Or like, this yeah. Is, the, the, this is like there's not this isn't a bad idea at all like it just yeah like there are so many other narratives they could have pulled yeah but instead they went with oh no our front man is missing yeah like and like i don't know we've all experienced that thing of when one of our favorite artists yeah you know, whether it's an actor whether it, it is an artist a writer or a musician someone who we look up to, we, we see or we experience their work, either it is something like they've gone missing or they've died. Yeah. And your heart sinks. And, like, it's just... You know, I'm sure when this sort of stuff's happened, this sort of stuff's been said, but it's just playing off of people's emotions. And, I don't know, it's just... It's a really stupid way. Yeah. Really stupid and manipulative way to sell records. If your band has to resort to that, then you're not good enough. Yeah. You just you just kinda shit. I don't like and it just it feels as if 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 there isn't something already interesting enough about you, then like you're kind of you're already losing out. Like you shouldn't have to manufacture a disaster like that to get people interested. Yeah. Um Yeah, like it was very much paint by numbers band. Yeah. At that time. Um, they I'm just sort of thinking of people who have stood out in that scene and you do like, and we'll talk about him eventually, but you got someone like Ronnie Radke who, you know, stands out for kind of the wrong reasons. Yeah. I guess. Um, I'm thinking of the front man for the band Attila. Yeah. His name's Franz. And, so, like, yeah, there's not great... It's not all great with him, but, like, he has done stuff like he created a clothing line and one of their one of their shirts was really famous. It was called... It, it had... I think it was one of those ones that has stuff on, like, words on the back. Right. Remember the remember the, that fashion in, like, metalcore and, like... Yeah. Punk fashion of the early 2010s that had, like, one of their, like, lyrics on the back. Yeah. And so yeah. this one had Suck My Fuck on the back. <laughs> And so, like, he's, he's gone off and he does stuff like he's he's on OnlyFans and that sort of thing. But, like, he's interesting enough that that Attila has. And, like, Attila are super obnoxious. And if you if you aren't into them, then you hate them, basically. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, if your band is so... If your band is so unremarkable and is just amidst the wash of just black shirts, black jeans, and crossed arms and fucking lyrics about, oh, the world's out to get us, the world doesn't get us. Yeah. Yeah, army of me, blah, 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 all that sort of shit, then, I don't know. Yeah. Move, off, move on to a different genre then. Exactly. Don't pretend to be kidnapped. Ugh. I don't know why that's made me really mad. I guess, yeah, like one thing, I don't know, talk about the fact that you have collabed with Ice-T. Or, like, yeah. Which, speaking of... Exactly. Ice-T, born Tracy Lauren Marrow, or Lauren Marrow, in 1958 from New Jersey. Uh, The first time race played a major role in Marrow's life was listening to the way his white friends talked about African-Americans. 
He believes he was not the subject of the scorn because he is lighter-skinned, and thus they believed him to be white. Uh, becoming an orphan at the age of 13, Marrow moved from New Jersey, and he would move in with his aunt and uncle in South Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. His older cousin Earl was into rock and roll and heavy metal. Sharing a room with Earl sparked Marrow's interest in the genre, which... That's kind of how my interest was sparked with sharing a room with my older brother. True. Uh, I'm not. I'm not trying to draw parallels between yeah, Ice T, but it was just like, oh, like I feel like that metal is the genre. Metal and punk kind of are the genres of music learned, for older brothers. <laughs> yeah, I learned it from my older brother, basically, yeah. or older sister, um, or cousin. It was during his time in the military that he became interested in hip hop. He would perform his own raps over the instrumentals to Sugar Hill Gang's single Rapper's Delight. Sick. He adopted the moniker Ice T in honor of former American pimp and novelist Iceberg Slim. Sure. This this one just tickles me to no end. He got his start in acting in the breakdance movies Breaking <laughs> and Breaking Two Electric Boogaloo. Yes. I desperately want to see these movies. Like I want to dub <laughs> I want to double feature these movies so bad. Well let's do it. Uh but he's probably most recognizable for playing Finn in Law and Order SVU. That's that's where I learned about Ice T. I remember watching... Really? Law, yeah, I remember watching... Well, I was like... He was like on SVU when I was like eight or nine. Yeah. So I remember watching... Because mum... <coughs> sorry. Uh, my mum loves her crime shows. And so... I thought you were going to say my mum loves iced tea. <laughs> well, so she would watch Law and Order, Law and Order SVU. And I was watching SVU with her one night. And it comes up on the, on the title cards, iced tea. And I'm like... <laughs> Ice Teen, she's like, he's a rapper. I was like, okay, how do you know? <laughs> yeah. How do you know that Ice T's a rapper? Um, in 1990, T would form the heavy metal band Body Count. Okay. And I I love that um, basically Body Count's biggest song is called Cop Killer. Yeah. And yet he's probably... He's probably he's famous for probably two things: cop killer and playing a police officer. Yeah, or playing a detective. That's yeah. He's um he's got some stuff to work through, I guess. I think I was going to write some stuff about his sort of famous relationship with his wife Coco. Okay. Um, but I didn't. Um, I think they they had a, they had a uh, a reality TV show. I think called something like Ice Loves Coco. Right. Um, but, like, they... Coco Austin. They've been married for 20 years. So, like, they very much seem very much in love with each other. Yeah. Um, I did find it a little bit funny, though. She's something like two or three years younger than his oldest daughter. Oh. <laughs> like, hmm. It's like, that's, that's a little bit strange to call your mother-in-law... To call someone younger than you your mother-in-law? That's weird, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Again, though, like, they've been together for 20 years, so I I give them the benefit of the doubt. They seem like they are very much in love with each other. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I don't know. It's not my place to yuck on anyone's nah. yarns if they're not hurting anyone. No, nah, I've, look, I've got a lot of time for IC. I don't know why. I got really into body count. 
in like 2010. Yeah. Um, they're, you know, I really listened to they're, they're still good. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, Sick. and I, I also really heavily got into Law and Order SVU. Okay. When, uh, I, 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 uh, will reveal it was after a bad breakup and I was just like, I needed to ensconce myself into something and it was SVU and I pro- it probably shouldn't have been SVU because if you watch a lot of it, you're like, yeah, I'm not in a good place. Yeah. I was going to say, I feel like that would not have helped, but no, um, no. Sure. And then I stopped watching it and it's that's, it's that show. Like I got my enjoyment out of it. I really dug the first seven or eight seasons that I watched and it's, I'd never need to watch another minute no. ever again. But no. I'm happy that it exists. Yeah, that's fair. I'm happy for Mariska Hagate. True. Um, and then I met you and I was very happy. So, Aww. But I was happy with who I was before then. So, Very um, good. Yeah, what do you think of this version? I don't know. I My thoughts are kind of conflicted on it. Like, first listening, I was just like, this is the stupidest thing I've ever heard. Yeah. But then when I sort of push past that, one, I find it interesting that they've sort of interpolated the song and made it bigger than, like, the source material, they've used that as a launching pad to do, like, a fully-fledged song with, like, verses, chorus, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, Two, I like that they bring in... Like, a different genre. They bring in, like, a black person on a song that would usually be quite white-centred. I don't know. Like, but then also, we already heard this in the 2000s with um, Collision Course. Like, Jay-Z and Linkin Park. Oh, yeah. And that was done way better. Yeah, that's Um, what... I think those are my key thoughts about it. Like... I think, like, sort of touching on what you were saying about bringing in Ice-T, I think that's a really clever move. Also, like, because you have someone who who is so well-known for being in both rap and metal. Yeah. As well. Exactly. Um, and, yeah, I think that is just, you know, I sort of like when I hear him, <laughs> when I hear him and hear him, do his thing. And that's um, the thing is like, he does it well on this track. I think it's just the premise of the entire thing kind of reads as a bit lame to me. Yeah. For some, I think just because of, by virtue of punk goes by virtue of, and like, not to say that like the entire punk goes franchise is lame, but it's just, it's usually very white. It's the yeah. same sort of cringe as like yeah. why punk goes crunk exists. Yeah. Like, but yeah, this is a very clever way of sort of subverting what is usually very cringe, even yeah. though the end result is still cringe. And like, it could have been, it, yeah, it, it's literally like one element makes it not so cringe, and that's Ice-T. Like, um, I, I should have played for you the Six Feet Under song, One Bullet Left, which okay. has a verse from Ice-T, and it's, so Six Feet Under is a, Death metal. I think they're now they now claim to sort of be more death and roll. 
Yeah. Which is like death metal with kind of like rock and roll elements. Okay. Uh, which is fronted, they're fronted by the former lead singer of Cannibal Corpse, Chris Barnes, and they are just an absolute joke in the metal community just because of their, because their music is so bad. Yeah. And this song is so bad. And then there's just like this, in this death metal song, there's just this weird fucking verse by Ice-T and it's like, all right. Like, it's a shit song, but he, he gives it his best. But like, yeah. I, I wonder if I'd played that for you and then played this cover, whether your opinion on it would be different. True. Um, like, it's... I don't know, like, it's it's got those very... It does have those bouncy kind of new metal guitars. Yeah. And, which now would be more attributed to something like Gent. True. Um, but that's, like, why my brain immediately just went to Collision Course, and I was just like, well, now I want to listen to that. Yeah, but, like, again, the mute, like, it's just... It, that's so much better. Yeah, that's um, exactly it. This just gets... I think without those kind of like electronic elements to it this just becomes generic chugging guitars or bouncy guitars with yeah. growls on it yeah and like i think also because sorry you go oh no i was just going to ramble so okay i think for me because i do take the original to be goofy as opposed to like straightforward party yeah track this makes it way more serious than it was intended in my eyes, at least. But for me, in a way, that makes it more goofy because it And that's that, what I mean. Yeah, it becomes that thing of like, well, we're a metal band and we can't have fun. Yeah, I think that's the thing. It kind of makes it cringe. Like, I'm looking at the lyrics of it and it's just kind of embarrassing. Well, I don't talks, know. Like, Ice-T talks about, like, if that security guard gets up in my face one more time, I'm going to beat the shit out of him. Yeah. It's like, it's like, even when this came out, like, I don't know, he would have been well into his 50s at that point. It's like, I don't know. Come on, Ice. I know, You don't need to always talk about beating people up. Yeah. I'm not saying that that's all, that's what he always does. Because, like, a lot of, um, a lot of what, you know, Body Count did the, you know, did talk a lot about because they were all African-Americans you know, yeah. in a metal band. And it was, a lot of what they talked about was being African-Americans in a metal band. Yeah. And, you know, the perception of it, like, well, they're not supposed to, they're not supposed to play the guitars like that. They're, they're black, like, mm. and, you know, being black in America and all that sort of stuff, like really sort of, really sort of politically charged and racially charged lyrics. Yeah. And yeah, I don't know. Uh, I think by contrast, this just comes across as kind of weak because it's, yeah, it's making the song tougher than it was supposed to be originally, I think. Yeah, because it's like literally just about, I mean, from what I gather from Lil John's verse, it's literally just about... It's just, it's drink. light up a blunt, drink and party. Yeah. Like, yeah. whereas this is, um, like, yeah, you can find... I think my favourite line is you can find me chilling at the bottom of a cold drink because that's funny. Yeah. <laughs> uh, blasting Pantera, taking OE, sipping on that cold cock whiskey. You're fucking right. We're crazy. Now that's my kind of party. So light them up because tonight we just don't give a fuck. It's just like, oh my goodness. This is so embarrassing. Like, it's basically 
this is sort of a musical um, representation of like that sort of grandstanding that like yeah. core bands do, like Corman, yeah. that sort of like getting wide and like being cocky and yeah. Well, there's never any vulnerability in it. Yeah. Like it's, 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 oh, you're getting in my face, I'll beat the shit out of you. You, you, you misjudge me, I'll beat the shit out of you. You cheat me, I'll beat the shit out of your yeah. new boyfriend. <laughs> yeah. Um, interesting to note, this was the this was the third single from Punko's Pop Six. Yep. Um, I yeah probably wouldn't have put this as one of the singles. Um, I think it made sense too because that song was so hyped when it came out. Yeah, but like some of the other ones, like "Ain't It Fun" by Paramore, "Wrecking Ball," "Wrecking Ball" by Miley Cyrus. I knew, I know, I knew you were trouble. Was one of the was the first single. Yeah. Uh. Burned by Ellie Goulding, Problem by Ariana Grande featuring Iggy Azalea. I think, I don't know, this one to me it seems to be more broad spectrum hype. Like, you could either like it ironically or think like, this is fucking sick. Yeah. And so, I don't know. Um, I I will say one of the interesting bits about this song is um, just after the breakdown, they, which of course, like, there's a breakdown as well. <laughs> Yeah. Um, they they riff on one of the riffs from Sad But True by Metallica. That's cool. Quickly. Yeah. So it's, it's one interesting fact about this song. I think if they'd made it goofier, I would like it a lot. Yeah. Because I do like the concept of, like, they've essentially issued another remix. Yeah. Like, and it's a Punk Goes version. Yeah. Um, but I think because you've got Ice-T being quite serious yeah and they are trying to be serious but it just comes like it doesn't match and the whole thing just seems a bit off he has he has the ability to be funny yeah yeah i remember him in an episode of uh like fuck dave chappelle and his transphobic Mm -hmm. ass but um he was in a in an episode of the Chappelle show. Right. Like, where he was like the MC for this thing called the player haters ball, where it's just like, <laughs> it's just like pimps and whatnot, just like ripping on each other. Yeah. And he, and he's really funny in that. Yeah. Um, like he, he played like a kangaroo and tank girl or something like he, oh. he's in like, you know, he has moments of being funny. Yeah. And it's just like, you could have just, taken it less seriously yeah you could have just kept the feeling of this song yeah and not yeah as you said grandstand yeah and posture i don't know like i could be taking it way too seriously but it just i don't know i'm inclined to again take it at face value in this sense and they're trying to be too tough and i i look i i think as well I don't know what he does in his sort of personal life, but like I, <laughs> I like to imagine him. I know that he loves his video games. Yeah, I like to imagine Ice T at home with Coco, just watching television. That's what he does for his for his time. Like it's he's not going out and getting in fights with security guards. And, True, and whatnot. Yeah, so, yeah. I don't know. There, there definitely could have been a fun version of this, and this isn't it. And that's that's kind of the issue with this era. of like metalcore was it just wasn't fun yeah no, it, it, i will i i tell a lie because there were bands that were having fun and 
there was a real push and pull. Like some people were into it, like bands like like Doctor Acula, yeah, and uh, like uh, Ted De- not Ted Danson. Um, <laughs> oh, why am I blanking on his name? Uh, Ted Danza, tap dance extravaganza. Uh, Tony Danza? Tony Danza. Yeah. Tap dance extravaganza. And like, so like you'd have people that, that were accepting of, we can have humor in this kind of music. Yeah. But there was a lot of, well, no, you can't. Yeah. This has to be serious because nobody takes us seriously. And I think at that point, nobody took you seriously because you took yourself too seriously. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I don't know. Hell yeah or yeah nah? <sighs> Look, hell yeah for the original and especially the film clip. Yes. Again, yep. watch it. Like, if you're going down a bit of a rabbit hole, like if you're exploring this song and you want to see what there is to offer for it, yeah, give it a listen. That's like, yeah, it's an interesting concept. I think just the execution of it didn't... Quite yeah. match what I wanted it to. It's a lowercase yeah from me. Yeah. What about you? I think I agree. Yeah. And now that we're married, I can just be lazy and be like, I agree with my husband. <laughs> I agree with my husband. Ah. So, made an honest woman out of me. Ah. <laughs> All right. Well, I guess. We'll see you again in another three months. Yeah, if you're lucky. <laughs> or two and a half. Sorry, two and a yeah, half months. Yeah, look, who knows? I'll get it right. But until then, thanks for listening. And this has been Turned Down for what? <laughs>